Hello world, I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 74. I wasn't actually aware there was so many resources out there to make building your first app possibility. What you want it to do will, will really dictate how you go about it. 90% of the churches in America will never get to that point, and they make an app and then leave it be for the next six years. This week's broadcast is brought to you by Media Fusion. Media Fusion can get your church started with live streaming video for as little as $9 per month. Learn more or sign up for free by visiting MediaFusionApp.com. That's MediaFusionApp.com. This week we get to see the man behind the curtain as we talk to the creator of the Owl Agori's Children mobile apps and video series. If you want to join the conversation or ask a question, use the hashtag CMAGCast. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Greg. Greg uh, has been listening to the, the uh, Church Mag Podcast while he walks. So, you know, I uh, hope you're enjoying your walk, Greg. Um, and I, we've got some binge listeners as well. Yeah, Dustin Com says he's been listening to several of the episodes, which I told him probably not healthy to do because you do have an emotional statement <laughs> to make sure you maintain. Even Greg said he was starting to have conversations with himself in the as he's been listening. Mm. So, Dustin, be careful. There yeah. is a safety warning. Yeah, you're on our church prayer train, buddy. Right. And, and um, this might be an accountability issue. You might want to check with your partner on that and make sure you're not <laughs> going too far off the reservation on that one. Just kidding. But seriously, Jeremy is a counselor. Be careful. Right? <laughs> I've been counseled a few times in my life. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, we should start working, working that, that slowly reveal that, that storyline that I'm one of Jeremy's former patients. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing has been an attempt from him to get me to come back to counseling. <laughs> I'm the um, mysterious subplot. Um, yeah, I, and and Mike Hamilton agrees with you, Phil. He said that he also has the pet peeve of complete disdain for things like like if you love Jesus or keep scrolling if you love Satan or any variation thereof. Who doesn't have that pet peeve? That crap is ridiculous. You know, people like Can it. Can we share a link to that ridiculous t-shirt I showed you? Yes. Let's go find it. I'll, I'll, I'll just tweet the image out and you can link to the tweet. Okay, that'll work. Because this is a podcast, I don't know how that'll that'll work. It's http forward slash twitter dot com forward slash four nine seven seven two four. You can link it in the show notes, but like just right along the lines, there's a stupid little overly churchy T shirt that they ruined Doctor Who with. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You you sent it to me in the Facebook chat, and you said something about wanting to punch somebody in the face. All right, guys, um, we are going to, first off, we're going to listen to an interview um, with the makers of, I said, well, before we started the podcast, I referred to him as the creator of allergies because um, I have a cold or allergies. So the sniffles and the sneezes are on my mind, on, on my mind. So I referred to it as the allergies, but that's not the name. Allegories. Thank you. And yes, it is a play on words. And it features owls. And it's really cool. You know, we, we kind of had a behind the curtain with uh, a couple other app developers, the new Bible and the, uh, was it Versus, the Bible memorization app, yes. which is free now, by the way. Everyone should go check that out. We'll put that, uh, we'll put those links in the um, the notes, or you can look to the previous podcast. And it's interesting to see all the different ways that, that you can approach apps. So let's take a listen. With us on the Church Mag podcast is Thomas 
Boto. He is the uh, author of Allegories. Great app for kids, and uh, it's it's a Christian app, but it isn't your typical Christian app where, you know, it's like the story of Noah or you're kind of like your stereotypical classical Bible um, kind of apps. It's more of a... Um, dare I say, Veggie Tales feel where it's it's teaching kids things about the Bible without you know your straightforward storytelling. Is is that a good way to to summarize the app? Absolutely, yeah. We use the elements of creation uh, to teach kids about the Creator. Awesome, awesome. So tell us a little bit about what birthed the idea of this app and kind of uh, a little history behind this uh, children's app for kids. Sure, absolutely. So a couple of years back, uh, my wife and I uh, were, we read to our kids each night, and so we we're reading a Bible story, and we read other stories as well. You know, we, we love going through, uh, you know, just storybooks with our kids, and we had so much fun each night reading, reading in another chapter of like the Hardy Boys or something fun like that. We thought it'd be fun to write our own story. And so we began to brainstorm and we talk about what we would do, and we thought, well, if we do this one time, we might as well do something about our faith, because that's the most important thing to us. And uh, Also, why don't we try doing it in app form, so that's kind of like the way everything's going. It seems like it's doable. It's something we can maybe even figure out. And so we just began to talk about that, what it would look like. Uh, my wife uh, teaches uh, online classes, and so she does a lot of her work at night, so I'm, I thought, I'm going to figure this out. While she's working at night, I'm going to try to figure out how to do an app, and and so, as we talk about ideas, uh, one thing that kept coming up is our love for the outdoors. Uh, my wife's from Alaska. Uh, we met in central Virginia, right in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and we love hiking. We love being outside. And so, we always love to tell our kids, you know, when we're outside, oh, you know, where's the sun? You know, when they're real little, and they point to the sun, say, who made the sun? Oh, Jesus. And so, we thought, it would be fun to use the elements of creation that we love so much. Uh, to teach them about Christ. And so we thought, oh, it'd be fun. We could use that as an allegory. And we kept going, allegory? Hmm. Oh, owls. We could do owls. You know, with allegories. That'd be kind of fun. And uh, so that was kind of where it originally began. Awesome. And so uh, tell us a little bit about the production process. I mean, you know, a, a lot of times people think when it comes to building apps, I'm pretty sure they just think it's all about code, code, code. But there's a lot of creativity that can go into it as well. Yeah, it was quite a learning experience. You know, we, we started by getting bids for uh, developers, and, and it can get expensive pretty quick. And so we thought, well, let's try to figure this out ourselves. And so we went and kind of dove into some of the uh, platforms that are out there. And the one we landed on was uh, Corona SDK. And uh, it's a you know programming language that's pretty user-intuitive. And, and so I, I have no background in coding or anything development. And so... But there was a lot of plugins that just made it so easy. I mean, there was a there's a plugin that helped called KWIK. It was just such such a great tool to help uh, take the design we did and, and to translate it into uh, into code. And so uh, it took a little while, but uh, yeah, it was fun. We we had a lot of fun just designing it in Photoshop and then seeing it come to life uh, through some of these uh, programming languages and their their plugins that helped. That's really cool. It's like WordPress for for an app. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it was really neat. So you you did a lot of your work in Photoshop, and then they did all the heavy lifting on the back end. Of course, a lot of the custom stuff you had to kind of figure out on your own. So that took a while, but 
it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Uh, it was it was an unknown world and kind of intimidating, but it, it was kind of fun to figure out and realize, oh, there's, a lot of this has already been done before. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, it was a storybook app, real fairly straightforward. So uh, we got to use a lot of what has already been done and uh, just kind of, you know, integrate that into uh, what we're doing. Kind of like WordPress, like you're saying. Wow. It, it, makes, me, it makes me want to to come up with a game or some kind of app and make it. I mean, you make it <laughs> the way you describe it. Well, it, I, I was really uh, surprised. And, and even since then, I mean, the, the where it's come now, it's a lot easier to even do more game-like interactions. A lot of these physics engines and those things are uh, getting more uh, user-friendly and, and surprisingly easy to do. So I encourage anyone to, to try it. Now, one thing that that I thought was cool about the allergies, um, allegories, excuse me. <laughs> I keep thinking aller- I keep thinking of allergies because I'm I'm starting to get some allergies. Tis the season, <laughs> so that's like on my brain. Um, one thing that struck me about the app was the the voice acting and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool because just the kind of the characters and how they came to life. How, how'd you go about that? Well, for our app, what we originally did is we thought. We'll just use our kids because we want them in the process. We want them to be a part of this. We want them to, because uh, it's for them, you know, we want them to understand and know our faith and how important it is to us. And so we started with our kids. We have, uh, we actually have four kids now, but when we started, we have, we had uh, two older kids, let's say about five or four and, and two and a half. And, uh, and then just a little baby, you know, well, we can use their voices. And, uh, and so we started with them. And, and kind of use them in these little owls. And then uh, my sister was getting married, and so we were going, well, how are we going to get these other voices? And so we just got everybody in a room, and I recorded everybody. And so everyone on the app is actually related to me. So it's my aunt, my uncle, my cousins, my everybody. And then the narrator uh, is my 87, 88-year-old grandfather uh, who narrated the app, and he's just the greatest guy in the world, and he's such a strong believer. He loves the Lord, and... Uh, and we just thought it'd be great to capture his voice for our kids, and uh, it's kind of fun to see it's in like thousands and thousands of homes. Uh, you know, is my grandfather, you know, his boys talking to these kids. It's, it's kind of fun to think about. Man, I, I, I would have no one would guess that it was just like you know you passing the microphone to your kids and recording your grandfather, <laughs> and that it was like you know all, this this family project because I mean it's polished. It's a polished app. The voice acting I thought was <laughs> was real good. <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It was literally we went to a a coat closet and just sat in with for sound purposes and just put a mic to them and said, "Okay, read this." Well, see, clearly uh, you must it. have some audio production savviness if you knew to do that. I'm just saying. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate it. We did. We learned a little bit along the way, you know. But uh, it was funny. I'm I'm glad it worked out. Well, that's that's really awesome. It's it's cool to hear a story behind an app like this. You know, something that um, is is well produced and is uh, is not your stereotypical quote unquote Christian kind of app. Um, I really appreciate it for that. Uh, I appreciated the the message in the app, and it's cool just to hear the backstory. You know, that it wasn't it wasn't you know laboring you know, laboring line after line after of code and having a full creative agency and going to a sound studio. But this is something that, you know, you just, you just built with your, your own, your own hands from your heart. And, uh, it was great results. 
yeah, it was a fun process. The Lord's been so gracious to us just to provide the time to do it, uh, you know, just to, uh, the resources as well. It's been uh, it's been such a fun process for our family. We've been we've been blessed for sure. So what's what's the future with this? Is this just you know we're, we're, you're done with it and it was fun and it was awesome and you move on or do you have something something in the future coming up? Uh, we got so much uh, so many things coming up there. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've turned it into an animated series. Uh, we had a producer uh, in the area that we knew named Chad Gunderson. He he'd done a lot of faith based films. And he's like, this needs to be an animated series. And he's like, I know a great guy who could do this. And he's the uh, the creator and executive producer of Jimmy Neutron. Uh, he, uh, you know, Jimmy Neutron was a, a film at Paramount, and it was Oscar nominated. And they were turned into a show at Nickelodeon. And he's here. I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area. He lives in Dallas, uh, and he would love something like this. And so we met with him and. He said, let's do it. Let's just try it. So on a, you know, a shoestring budget, we just, we turn it into an animated series and we use people who worked on Jimmy Neutron and the music is by a guy named Mark Menza and he's a genius, just like Keith is. Keith, Keith Alcorn's an animation genius and uh, it's just it's so fun. So we've been turning it to a show. So currently we have uh, nine allegory episodes, uh, four, I think four or five of which you can see through our allegories TV app through uh, iTunes, and we'll have a DVD coming out, uh, and uh, we're going to continue to uh, put out episodes, uh, and we also have another app coming out. We have a Memoryverse app, which is a lot of fun. We're really excited about just to have the world of allegories um, help, you know, kids memorize scripture. We're really excited about that. So it's just been a lot of fun. We just continue to build and build and uh, see where it goes. Awesome. Definitely going to check that out. Definitely going to check it out, and we will have links in the on the podcast page um, so that everyone else can go check it out. Check out the app. Check out the uh, the animated series. Thomas, thank you so much for giving us a little, a little glimpse behind the curtain. And anyone out there that has a cool app idea, uh, we'll also have links to the tools that, that you talked about. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Thanks, Thomas. Great. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So there we heard uh, from the creator of Owl... Allegories. Allegories. You're messing me up now, too. Allegories. I don't... I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, trying to learn a second language. I I don't even have a grasp on my first language. Um, It's interesting to hear, you know, there's so many different ways that you can can do an app. You can can create it from scratch, a lot like the New Bible and and the Versus guys, or like what he did where it was kind of like WordPress, right? You don't have to know PHP. Right, but you can you can build a pretty advanced website using WordPress by putting all the different modules and stuff. And if you've if you've tried the app, you'll see that it is well done. I would have never ever ever had guessed that it had been put together that way with the art and the voice acting and everything else. It's uh it's it, it's a pretty impressive app. So if you're thinking about doing an app, a mobile app for your church or ministry or whatever it may be, there are a lot of options out there. You can even pay somebody uh, to have it done as well. Well, I just didn't I didn't I wasn't actually aware that. There's so um, so many resources out there to make building your first app um, a possibility, and uh, I've always wanted to kind of think about you know I've had a few ideas for building an app, and the um, the perceived th- uh, threshold for doing that seems so high, so I just abandoned it, and actually I can't remember my ideas anymore. So it's kind of uh, for me just just hearing the interview and realizing how 
how someone can uh, take go from idea to out to execution not easily because I mean, the guy had to put a lot of work into it but there wasn't a ton of like um was a huge learning curve for him and that that was kind of uh, inspiring for me mm-hmm. i think that i can like can really free some churches to try things yeah exactly and it, you know i know that um i'd like church mag to have a mobile app in 2016 and this really opened my eyes to the possibilities you know i not only need to check out um not, not only need to check out those that, that do it as a service where they build it for you and maintain it for the monthly fee, but I also need to check out something like this, right? Um, because this is something, you know, we're not looking at doing anything too over-the-top advanced for the Church Mag uh, mobile app. Um, so maybe maybe this would be a good way to go. And I think for me, the big deal about doing apps like this, and I've obviously coded those in the past, is the big difference. And if you have web design, you understand this process is if you want high performance, expect high traffic, and really want it to be complex, then this won't work. You need to have it be so specialized. But I assume that 90% of the churches in America will never get to that point. And they make an app and then leave it be for the next six years. And so this probably has to be the best way that they can make an app for themselves because it's cheaper and they don't have to worry about a lot of those different things that you're talking about. Well, you, like you said, Jeremy, and I totally spaced this. Uh, shame on me. You mentioned it just a few weeks ago. The fact that you know you had put together a kind of a private app in a sense. It wasn't you know for the mass public to go and get, but it was used internally in the, with the organization that we were, you were working. What what was that like for you? I mean, uh, you know you know computer code, you you know that kind of stuff, but it isn't your daily grind. So it's not like you're you're drenched with it constantly. What was that experience like for you? Well, I was connecting to the way that it works is it was going to be a youth ministry app where. Um, people could just do a quick check-in because right now there's there was no youth ministry check-in apps for organizations or for churches in general. And so I wanted to do something like that, but it, we have this huge system where if you wanted to record your stats, um, which was a requirement to be part of our organizations, then you have to make sure you get all that done. But right now it was done by hand. It was a very cumbersome project. Um, that if you didn't understand how to use it, then it was very frustrating. And so this app would basically bypass all that stuff. And it wouldn't have been able to use that kind of a setup because it needed to cut to connect to custom databases. And we actually went ahead and take pictures that would upload to the profile. So there was a lot of stuff that wouldn't be able to be done by that. But if you're doing your own application and you don't have your own CHMS, you would really be able to do something like that. Right. And I think that you you bumped into probably the number one thing churches and ministries need to do when thinking about a mobile app. And this is what we'll be doing for Church Mag's app, and that is figuring out what you want it to do. Because what you want it to do will really dictate how you go about it, whether whether you, you know, code it yourself, whether you use something like what they did for allegories, or if you um, need to have one of the many uh, app-building services out there. And unlike a website where you could have something done great very cheaply and then switch it later on, you can't do that as effectively with an application. So know that there is that limitation that once you get going, you got a little bit of an investment with this process and you got to kind of just let it be for a while, which is probably a good thing because you need to know what the bugs are, what the wants are of the congregation. That's always a tough thing with uh, projects like this is 
you have your own ideas of what you want it to be. And then the congregation says, you know what, it would actually be really great if we could do this or this. Right. And, and I think that just like we've talked about in making tech purchases, you really should, should draw up three different levels. The, this is the bare minimum app. This is then the dream app. And then here's something a little in between. And I think that if you can hit on the in between, especially price wise, knowing that, the 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 way you go about it it can then grow into that dream app because it, let, let's say you decide to build it yourself and you say you can hit that that mid midpoint but if you don't have if you don't have the chops to get it to that dream app status that might not be the route that you should go because you need to be able to grow with this thing because like you said you can't just you just can't switch it on a dime you can't just say you can't call up Google and say hey guys um yeah uh, we want to do a whole new app. Because it doesn't work that way. Well, it doesn't work that way with Apple either. You can do that, but it's very cumbersome, and it just throws your entire audience off, as well as the whole procedure to do it is very time-consuming. So you can actually completely reinvest how you do that process, but it's very slow to get it going. So just know that there's limitations with that. And so it's it's a great idea to start exactly how you're doing it, but it's a lot slower than what a website would pull off. Right. It, it would be almost as if, um, if you decided to have a new website, you wanted a new website built and you got an entirely new URL and everything, but you left the old website there. And then you tried to get everybody to come to the new website. I mean, that would just be so awkward. That's, that's happened to a lot of apps though, that I've, I've purchased. Really? They ended, ended, up, ended up having to do that. For a variety of reasons. It's it's like, why would you ever do that? But sometimes it's what you have to do. It's true. It's true. Uh, they really should work on, on streamlining that process, I think. But maybe it's difficult because of, moneti- because of the monetization apps. I don't know. That's exactly why. Well, that and then some apps end up being, um, uh, being grandfathered for older devices. Mm. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, lots to think about. Uh, you know, everyone, thats it's kind of the thing, getting a mobile app. And I, I think that it's a good idea. And that's one reason why Church Mag is, is uh, looking at releasing a mobile app um, next year. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to think about. And I think hearing how these, how learning about the different ways to, to create the app and to get it out there um, is definitely eye-opening and, and helps you make wiser church tech um Decisions. Oh, I'm so rambling here. Well, where am I trying to steer us towards? Right. Speaking of apps and tech, which is really funny to say because like, <laughs> that's what we always talk about, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, John Wilkerson asked us a question. He said, if you were allowed only one piece of technology, what would it be? Guys, guys, what would it be? Okay, Jeremy, could you help us out in this awkward situation? Because we're very awkward here. <laughs> I love awkward, so let's just stick in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's when okay. the most healing and growth happens, so let's just stay here, guys, just for a minute. All right, well, whatever. Okay, so, so, so um, One Piece technology is now, now um, am I limited to One Piece technology or the entire world is? Because the entire world is limited to One Piece technology. I'm going to force the entire world to embrace the Nintendo Entertainment System. That would be great. Return to the warm glow of the NES. Hmm. Kumbaya. Oh, more like da dun dun da dun dun dun. Boom. There it is. I guess for me, the tough one is is mobile device is just doing everything. So you can actually get the NES on a mobile device. So I would, I don't know how I could not pick that. It just has everything and it's my primary 
tech I use every single day. I, obviously, I use desktop. I use a TV, but the primary one I make sure I always use is my phone. So, If I only had one piece of technology, it would be a computer, whether it be... Do, do I need to differentiate? Yes, I need to. Probably a desktop. A desktop computer. Maybe I'm old, I don't know, but um, to me, it's it can be liberating to leave the house and not be tethered as much as uh, leaving the house and being tethered can sometimes be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, to me, the desktop. And that, that's where I feel like I get my most work done is if I'm at a desk. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a, you know, as we as we learned several weeks ago, I'm rabbit in the Winnie the Pooh story. So, yeah. I, um, I was having a conversation last night, actually, about, about how wonderful it would be to go back to go back to smartphones. And my, my brother said one of the guys at his work did that. He got so tired of being on his phone all the time that he went to a smartphone. And then when his contract was up, he went back to he went he went back to it. He had a flip phone for two years and hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some people some people live on their smartphone, meaning okay, yeah. that that sounded like really harsh. I don't mean they live, I mean they don't use a computer. Yeah. Like they're not the computer type. But I've seen some people I mean, I'm on my phone a lot. I try. I try to be more conscious of that. Ever since, especially with the post about engagement, I've tried to be much more conscious about being with people, um, especially my family in my downtime uh, at home. But I've, I know people um, who are just constantly, I mean, constantly on their phone. Like I don't to the point where you, unless they're walking, you don't see their face, and even then, sometimes they're on their phone. Yeah, they're, they're just. Um a few weeks ago, I saw a, a picture of the ma- a mass of people. I think the Pope had showed up or something, and it was a huge crowd. And there's this older, older lady, probably in her 80s, and she's leaning on the fence, and she's just looking, and she's just taking it all in with her, you know, all of her her being. She's just absorbing this this moment, right? And everyone else has has their smartphones up, trying to video it and take a picture. And you know, I, I've I've thought this before, like. As if you can't get a po- picture of that moment. As if there's not like somebody getting the most amazing photo. I mean, what are you gonna do once you have that that crummy iPhone video? What are you gonna do? Right. Put it on YouTube with the other exactly. five hundred. Are you gonna watch it later? I mean, mm, a lot to think about there. I think. It says someone that lives with the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just because just because I'm living in Italy doesn't mean that the Pope is my neighbor. I'm pretty sure you guys are just side by side and you just wave in the morning whenever everybody's drink, drinking coffee. I like to imagine that Pope just kind of waves back and says, hey, how, Eric, how you doing? <laughs> how it works, right? Hey, Eric, how you doing? <laughs> no, that's not how it works. So, so Phil, what's your, what's your one piece of tech then? Um, I think it would probably be um, my if, okay, if my iPad had LTE, it'd be my iPad because then I could just have a flip phone or no phone at all and have my my computer substitute with me. I would. I don't. I don't honestly, if I, if I'm all I do anymore is blogging. I, I do very little image editing, and I can just make you do all my featured images. Like I, 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 you do most of them anyway. Now at this point, anyway, so I can just blog from my <laughs> iPad, and I have to I have to have an app for uh, image editing. Yeah, th- this is where like maybe an iPad Pro would would suit you real nicely, or maybe you don't oh, even need that much horsepower. I don't know. Um, I would no. I I definitely need the multitasking and whatnot. And I would love to be able to use the pencil. I always dreamt that if I was like like 
a, a writer writer like a guy that you know like wrote novels and junk that a a iPad with Bluetooth keyboard combo would be pretty epic. I've got the Bluetooth keyboard combo. I've got that, and it's it's nice. I use I've used it a few times now. But what I would love this is, and then you you can actually get this, but it's super expensive. I would love to have a typewriter um, with Bluetooth, so I could type. I could basically some iPad in top of a typewriter and use that to type. So instead of putting in the be, paper, you could put in the iPad. That would be pretty epic. Yeah, exactly. That be just, just to hear the because I have that nosy typer app. You, I think you shared that on, on Church Mag a few mm-hmm. years ago. I still use that occasionally because it's just so it's just so nice to hear the hear the the clicking sounds. Ding. You're so hipster. Well, I turn it on sometimes at school. My students hear it and they're like, "What is that?" I go, "Oh, it's my typing app. Helps me to concentrate." And like, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Phil's so hipster. Ooh. Phil is so hipster yeah. that people are like, "Do you really need those glasses?" <laughs> Actually, I only I only do for one eye. One eye is really bad, and the other eye is like is, is, is passable. So <laughs> I don't really need. I don't need them that badly, but. I'm like about wearing them now. I don't have to have them to drive. I just have to have to, I just have to have them to not have to squint at things. If if you were really hipster, you would have like one of those old um like one piece eye things that's like attached to a chain to your pocket, and you just like hold oh, it up a there. monocle. Yes, I would get one of those totally. No, I, I've totally thought about it. The only difference is you have to hold those things into your eye socket, mm-hmm. and I feel like they cause you to have a headache really bad. Yeah, you'd have to do that. Plus, I think if if you got one, I think you would be required to grow a handlebar mustache yeah i can't do that the mustache is the only part of my face does not grow very well yeah like i can have a very impressive beard and have next to no mustache at all and then you but then there would you know you'd be a distraction at church because everyone would be like hey it's the monopoly guy yeah that's true <laughs> and then they'd, they'd stop tithing because clearly we don't need it right or they tithe with monopoly money ouch like, they'd be tithing in properties like hey yeah. i'm donating park place to the church jeremy help us hey side <laughs> Topic: My whenever I was in school a hundred years ago, our uh, bank, local bank, actually sponsored a Monopoly tournament, and the six winners of the actual tournament got to play on a life-size Monopoly board where you got arrested if you went to jail by an actual cop in handcuffs, and there was huge foam dice, and it was just amazing. Wow! So, like, how big was one property? Was it an entire city block? No, one. It, it all fit in a gym, but it was like one space you could lay down in and actually reach the whole touch all four corners wow that's pretty cool i'll have to admit it was more epic in my mind but completely not doable (laughs) that would be so cool churches should do that like in a gym do it do monopoly gym thing that would be so cool i don't like overnighters but i wanted to do that as a youth ministry activity i never got to it it's my one regret Here's a personality quiz for you guys. Which which Monopoly piece are you? You guys, you could actually use a real wheelbarrow for your piece. That would be so <laughs> awesome. Uh-huh. Which Monopoly piece would you be? On the top hat, because I'm so fancy. You already know. Yeah, and you have the, the eye thing. The monocle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one I want is always the race car, but probably the one I am is the thimble. Why would you be the thimble? He's a, he's a mental thimble for his counseling patients. He, <laughs> he protects, them, protects them right. Eeyore, the thimble. God. <laughs> Eric's like completely distraught about that. <laughs> I am. I'm the thimble. Of, I mean, like of all the things. I was going to say the cowboy. I don't think it's actually a cowboy. I think it's a, st- a war memorial statue. That's what I thought. 
I'm a history major, so that, that might be playing into this. I don't know. Maybe the listeners could give us an iTunes review and tell us if it's a horsey or a memorial statue. Yeah, that that's not working. No one leaves reviews. I think everyone hates the podcast. That's what I think. Other people aren't engaged. We need to do some giveaways for some reviews. No, yeah, see, that seems that, cheap. That does seem it, cheap. It, it is cheap, but it works. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, get nothing. Yeah, see, you get nothing. I, I, I see that a lot online. Like, this works. I'm like, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, you know what? I don't care if it works because that's gross. Yeah, I don't want to be pragmatic about this crap. We have our morals. We're sticking to them. I think everybody wants to be the car in Monopoly. Am I right? I know. I, I, I want to be the top hat. That's my thing. I'm the top hat. You are the top hat. You're so lucky. You're so classy. Are we sure I'm not the boot? <laughs> There is no top hat in life. You're a f- you are ours. a fine Italian Italian leather boot, dude. That costs, I've played that costs Monopoly ten thousand euro. I've played Monopoly. That is not a nice anything boot. That is an old <laughs> shoe that somebody fished out of the reservoir. This is really bothering me. This Monopoly piece thing, totally in my head. My wife comes down and asks, "So, what'd you guys talk about in the podcast?" Well, we almost recorded two episodes, except we got stuck on Monopoly. Thank you for hanging out with us this week. We love hearing from you, so tell us what you think by using the CMAGCast hashtag, and you're sure to get a reply. You can also submit any comment, question, or podcast idea by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this. Until next week. Okay, the 1936 edition. Here we go. They had uh, some sort of trophy cup. A trolley, a bathtub, a shoe, a battleship, an elephant, a lantern, a top hat, a car, and a candlestick. In 1946, they had a thimble, a a cannon. I've seen the cannon before. uh, A Scottish Terrier, an airplane, top hat, wheelbarrow, iron, race car, war memorial, horse sky statue thingy, and then the battleship. Well, it actually said War Memorial. No, I'm just telling you what it is. (laughs) The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com. If it wasn't six in the morning, I would think that was hilarious.